0: This episode of Internet Today is brought to you by Stitch Fix. Now, it's safe to say that security at our nation's capital has been on high alert ever since the insurrection, which saw thousands of protesters force their way into the building with the implied goal of taking down the government from within and forcing officials to recognize Donald Trump as the winner of the 2020 election. Also, a couple of them took shits. Yeah. They did. But uh, these actions are currently being laid out by members of a House committee that is doing a pretty damn good job at placing the blame for the insurrection directly at the feet of former President Trump. And we'll get to some more updates about that. But in a truly surreal slice of reality, the increased security and heightened awareness of abnormalities within the halls of the Capitol building has led to the following headline and story. Triumph the Insult Comic Dog Arrested for Unlawful Entry at U.S. Capitol. We are, once again, living in clown world. So,
1: yes, a foul-mouthed puppet of a dog frequently seen smoking a cigar. Well, not really. But holding a cigar <laughs> in its mouth. Where it frequently drops out too much comedic it, effect. Yeah, you guys you guys are under arrest. That that dog is not allowed to smoke in the U.S. Capitol. <laughs> That's why yeah, I got arrested. <laughs> what year do you think this is? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the Triumph the Insult comic dog has finally been arrested after nearly 30 years of mocking people for the amusement of... Of television viewers. Uh So, what happened? And why were Capitol Police so proactive when it came to this foul-mouthed pup? Uh, I mean, obviously, the January 6th hearings have been going on for a couple weeks now, and the near-daily revelations about the event have been a treasure trove for media outlets, especially cable news and late-night talk shows. Not Fox News, though.
0: They've kind of just been uh, ignoring the whole thing. They do update their website uh, yeah, uh, about it, you know. So... They have plausible deniability of coverage. But well, back to the dog. Yes, the dog, the dog. St- the the dog. We're talking about the dog. Puppet dog. Triumph, uh-huh. the insult comic dog, has been
1: around since the 90s and is frequently popping up at major events to incessantly mock those involved. So Triumph, and more specifically the comedian behind the puppet, Robert Smigel, uh,
0: showing up at the Capitol to insult politicians. It makes sense. It's very yes. on-brand. Now, typically, even if it's a small production involving a puppet, crews will obviously need levels of clearance and permits to film anything, Pretty much anywhere, not even, like, the U.S. Capitol. Like, if you're anywhere in L.A., you need a permit to film anywhere. You need to go down to the local Film L.A. (laughs) office and uh, sign some forms. But, yes, filming in the Capitol, you would assume... uh, Yeah. And and especially with a company like CBS going to have all of their I's dotted, T's crossed. This production was obviously no different, but at some point, it seems like the crew, which was there, as I said, on behalf of CBS's late show with Stephen Colbert, they either overstepped some boundaries overstayed their permitted schedule, or intentionally went where they weren't supposed to in order to get the footage that they wanted. Here's more from Rolling Stone. Seven Late Show with Stephen Colbert staffers, including the comedian behind Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, were arrested Thursday night at a U.S. Capitol office building in Washington, D.C. Earlier in the day, the production team and Triumph puppeteer Robert Smigel were spotted around the Capitol filming a segment during the third day of the open January 6th hearings. It continues. Later that evening, after the building was closed to the public, the group either remained
1: in or returned to the Longworth House Office building to film additional material when they encountered U.S. Capitol Police who detained the group and charged them with unlawful entry. Quote, on Wednesday, June 15th and Thursday, June 16th, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog was on site at the Capitol with a production team to record interviews for a comedy segment on behalf of The Late Show a CBS spokesperson said in a statement to The Hollywood Reporter. Their interviews at the Capitol were authorized and prearranged through congressional aides of the members interviewed. After leaving the members' offices on their last interview of the day, the production team stayed to film stand-ups and other final comedy elements in the halls when they were detained by Capitol Police. Uh, And Deadline added some specifics to the story, which, which might indicate who in particular may have... Reported the crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, reports indicate they took videos and pictures around the offices of two Republican members of Congress, Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Representative Lauren Boebert, who we just talked about in our previous episode, because um, she's been accused of all sorts of things—some, some,
0: some uh, scandalous, some quite believable—and um, would have made great fodder for one triumph the insult comic dog to, uh, you know, yeah. lots of lots of material there. Mm-hmm. Um, but regardless, like. This all goes without saying, like, yeah, if they broke the rules of the Capitol, they broke the rules of the Capitol. Uh, Yeah, sure. Uh, And while it's not entirely shocking to see that a production crew, regardless of who they're working for, get into trouble for violating the predetermined parameters of their clearance to film, it certainly caused a loud response from members of the GOP whose reaction to these arrests uh, displays a complete lack of self-awareness yeah. as they inadvertently admit that unauthorized access to the U.S. Capitol is a crime that should be taken seriously. This is so
1: fucking insulting to everyone's <laughs> intelligence. Like, shut the fuck up. Oh, you suddenly care that someone uh, was somewhere they're not supposed to be in the U.S. Capitol? Well, not even shut that. Shut the
0: fuck up. You care, so God de- damn it. you care so deeply about a crew that had initial permission to be there Overstep, potentially broke the rules, which is legitimate, uh, but wasn't in there smashing things and disrupting democracy. Like, uh, they know exactly what they're doing. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Tucker Carlson led the charge, (sighs) of course, with a segment titled Insurrection Day 2.0. Uh, where he joyfully exclaimed that the producers for Stephen Colbert's show on CBS committed insurrection at the United States Capitol. Fuck off. And while it's clearly not the same thing, it is at least somewhat satisfying to see these talking heads essentially confirm that the protesters involved in January 6th actually did commit serious crimes, uh, despite saying so in bad faith.
1: Yeah, so obviously you can say that, but then the second you say, okay, so you agree then.
0: (laughs) You do the mean girls, so you agreed
1: then. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the, they're like, well, no, nah, yeah, I'm just trolling. Uh, you, you fell for my troll. The worst people. Yeah. Anyway, as for Stephen Colbert himself, he responded to the events on his talk show Monday night saying, the Capitol Police are much more cautious than they were, say, 18 months ago, and for very good reason. If you don't know what the reason is, I know what news network you watch. Though he did, he did get a bit more serious while responding to the claims that this was an example of another insurrection, adding... An insurrection involves disrupting the lawful actions of Congress and howling for the blood of elected leaders all to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. This was first-degree puppetry. This was hijinks with intent to goof. Misappropriation
0: of an old Conan O'Brien bit. Yeah. Um, so there you go. There's there's an update on all of that. But let's circle back to the reason that this Production crew was there and, and the updates regarding the actual insurrection on the U.S. Capitol since we last covered these hearings. Uh, if you want to bring yourself up to speed on the, the first two hearings, our video from last week has all that info. But uh, make sure you're logged in, first of all. It's been uh,
1: it's been age-gated uh, repeatedly, despite several rounds of appeals. Uh, YouTube won't tell us why it's uh, age-gated, but they insist. They say, this is not a smut site. This is not a shock yeah, site. Yeah, they said this
0: is not a shock YouTube site. YouTube is not a shock site. We, very weird. Anyways. Um, Since that video, a few more things have come to light, not that we weren't aware of the most recent revelations, but the evidence and testimony regarding the actions of elected officials, state election boards, and others has been laid out in more intricate detail in the last two hearings, Uh, and here are some, some key takeaways. There was a lot of focus on the role Vice President Pence could play in overturning the election, with details about how Trump attorney John Eastman was behind the play. The committee walked through how conservative Trump attorney John Eastman put forward a legal theory that Pence could unilaterally block certification of the election, a theory that was roundly rejected by Trump's White House attorneys and Pence's team, but nevertheless embraced by the former president. According to witness testimony, Pence himself and the lawyer who concocted the scheme advised Trump directly
1: that the plan was unconstitutional and Violated federal law. Uh, Committee members argued that this shows Trump's corrupt intentions and could lay the groundwork for a potential indictment. In a videotaped deposition, which was played Thursday, Pence's chief of staff, Mark Short, said Pence advised Trump many times that he didn't have the legal or constitutional authority to overturn the results while presiding over the joint session of Congress on January 6th to count the electoral votes. Um, the committee then went further into the role Pence played as the villain in Trump's incitement, pointing out that Trump had repeatedly told his followers that Pence had the power to overturn the results, even tweeting during the riots
0: that Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done. In a now some, uh, somehow deleted tweet. Yeah. Uh, we don't know where that tweet went. Uh, maybe the guy got banned for literally doing that.
1: Yeah. And anyway, the hearings also revealed just how close the mob physically came to Pence, uh, indicating that he was at one point within 40 feet of the rioters.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't like Mike Pence, but that's also fucking scary.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, I don't like that, because these people were... I mean, a lot of them were like that little old lady, just sort of, I guess I'm in the Capitol right now.
0: Yeah, a lot of them were just bumbling fools. Yeah, but some but, of them... But a
1: lot of them were, like... <laughs> out for blood. Yes. Yes. So anyway, in addition to all this, Eastman, the Trump lawyer who we mentioned, concocted the plan for Pence to overturn the results of the election. Uh, He emailed Rudy Giuliani in the wake of the insurrection and asked uh, to pretty please, could I be included on a list of potential recipients of a presidential pardon, hypothetically? Quote, I've decided that I should be on the pardon list, if that is still in the works. The email from (laughs) Eastman to Giuliani read, definitely the emails you send when you are Totally innocent of any crime. Yes.
0: (laughs) These (laughs) are the emails of an innocent man. Look, just completely (laughs) off topic, uh,
1: neither here nor there, but if there is a list of people the president's going to pardon, I mean, hey,
0: I'd love to be on it. Uh, Not that it's going to be necessary. (laughs) Specifically in the days after an insurrection on the Capitol that uh, uh, you might have been uh, intricately involved in inspiring. Listen, it's (laughs) not that I had unprotected sex
1: last night, Doc. But if you have any plan B, I would really like one of those right now. No reason. Yeah. No reason at all. But a plan
0: B would be be pretty cool. Yeah. You gave me one. (laughs) Just to try it out. (laughs) Just in case. No reason, though. Yeah. Uh, But fast forward to Tuesday of this week and day four of the hearings, which focused on the pressure that Trump and his associates put on state and local officials to either come up with the votes necessary to overturn the results or inaccurately accused them of tampering with the results which would cast doubt on the entire process. Here's NPR with more on day four of those hearings. Former President Donald Trump's team not only pressured GOP state officials to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election he lost, but they knew there was no authority to do so, a key Republican witness said in testimony Tuesday, quote, We've got lots of theories, but we just don't have the evidence, Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani told Arizona House Speaker Rusty Bowers, according to Bowers, who testified to that Tuesday under oath before j- the January 6th committee.
1: Uh, so Bowers testified
0: that Trump asked him to
1: entertained the idea of replacing Biden's slate of electors and replace them with people who were pro-Trump. Jesus. He said he didn't want to be used as a pawn and told the president, you are asking me to do something to break my oath and I will not break my oath. The pressure was widespread from a multi-million dollar ad campaign and the institutional help of the Republican National Committee to Trump meeting with state lawmakers in person, making threatening phone calls, as well as delivering public speeches and tweets that spurred threats protests at houses, and doxing of personal information. All things you do when you are completely innocent of any wrongdoing. And definitely, legally, won an election. Very legal and very cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, The hearing also included testimony from an election worker in Georgia who filed suit over... This is fucking... This sucks. Yeah, this Uh, sucks real bad. Yeah, so she filed suit over threats after Trump called her out by name, implicating her in this false narrative that the Georgia election had been tampered with. Like, basically, she was... Uh, doing her job as a uh,
0: election worker and, and was targeted and had all of these psychos from around the country. Yeah, uh, for doxing. no reason,
1: just like I th- I'm pretty sure she's stealing the election over there. Yeah, and I'm sure there was no racial element to that at all. She
0: Said her life was like completely flipped upside down. Yeah, no, and, it's, it's and like and when was Alex Jones harassment nonstop.
1: Yeah, he uh, he sicked every every right wing uh, fucking dipshit in this country on this woman who was uh, just doing a very boring little job yeah involved in the election literally helping the country yeah like it's it's very upsetting yeah she did nothing wrong
0: Um, So throughout all of this, including during his presidency, Trump repeatedly targeted so-called rhinos or Republicans in name only. Why do they got to make him sound so cool? (laughs) Claiming that anyone who hadn't supported him in every scenario were turning their back on their political party or were secretly trying to work against it. Now this has become a clearly marketed way for Trump loyalists to separate their representatives and pressure them to tow the Trump line or be voted out of office, despite aligning with their party in nearly every other aspect. Uh, the hearings publicly display the targeted harassment that these so-called rhinos received in the wake of January 6th and the 2020 election from their constituents, but a recent attack ad from a Republican opponent became the best, uh, technically worst, uh, example yet of just how bad things have gotten.
1: Yeah, uh, we literally can't show you the ad or even probably describe it in much detail. It's it's literally it's incitement. Yeah, like,
0: it, it, it is a clear like example. There is
1: probably a criminal case to be drawn up uh, if any like law enforcement body felt like doing it. And, and they're, it's they're not this, going to. It's
0: it's one of those things that is such a clear example of of creating it a- and being serious. But also, doing the entire thing... Oh, you thought it was serious? Yeah, by claiming that you weren't serious, or it was satire, or that it it was a joke. joke. Yeah, Yeah. But when you couple it with the fact that the reality of things that are happening all around us, and the violence that takes place on a day-to-day basis in America, and the violence that literally happened as a result of Trump's election claims in 2020, you have to take this stuff seriously. Yeah. So... Yeah, this ad has been pulled from nearly every platform uh, that it was posted to for, it's not so subtle at all, incitement of violence. Twitter left the original up, but put one of those uh, Uh, things on it being like, uh, this is actually important because it's newsworthy to know that it's going on. RTs do not mean (laughs) endorsement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Um, So yeah, earlier this week,
1: Missouri State, or Missouri Senate candidate Eric Greitens released a little video uh, featuring weapons, specifically a shotgun held by the candidate, uh, which is, uh, at this point, pretty much your standard Republican ad. They all, like, it's a a tried-and-true pattern. You just film yourself uh, standing out in a field next to your, like, truck, truck, (laughs) next to your fucking giant, like, 50-foot-long truck that you use to drive uh, to the office and park in your suburban garage that you had to have retrofitted to actually fit the truck in it. Um, You go out to a field... You fire off some guns, usually it's like a, a little, you're shooting a target, but it says like, mainstream media, or yeah. like, trans bathrooms. But this guy took it one step further uh, by urging his supporters to go rhino hunting. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you're holding you, a gun. Where it's you, the
0: implication. Yeah,
1: that's all we're going to say about it's it. It's not
0: even the implication. It goes further than that. Yeah, But it's we like, can't talk about
1: it. It like... It'd be one thing if he wasn't literally holding and firing guns while saying we're going rhino hunting, like
0: there. And there's more in the in the video. I don't want to risk it because we will get yeah. like community guideline strikes. But this is yes. newsworthy. We're talking about this thing happening in the news. Um, yeah. It you can go on Twitter and see the video. It's around. It's, it's,
1: it's completely unhinged, even by Republican standards. It's shocking, even these days, yeah. to see something just this blatant coming from a candidate for government office. And it's like he's not even targeting liberals. He's simply tar- He's targeting other Republicans who are just not as like crazy right wing MAGA death well, cult it, as he it's is. It's
0: sending a clear message to them. Yeah, uh, get it. You better fall in line. It's or, fucking terrifying.
1: Or yeah, but anyways. Uh, so yeah, uh, troubling. All very troubling. Lots of troubling things happening in the country. Right now.
0: And the temperatures um, are heating up literally, figuratively. It is summertime. Shit definitely does get cows crazy. Cows are just dropping dead.
1: Yeah. Yellowstone
0: is... Flooding. Flooding uh, away. A whole house fell it's and floated it, away. It,
1: a, w- a very well-constructed house. Ha- I, was, I was like, I thought it was going to shatter. That house just floated down the stream like, like something out of a, a children's book. I was they- like...
0: The, Wherever it ended up, they should just keep it there and make it a new tourist whoever attraction. Whoever built that house did an
1: incredible job. They don't make them like they used to. I like that contractor's number. Yes. Anyway, now it's time for another awkwardly timed ad break. So let's bring things back to bipartisan territory by showing the video that went viral over the weekend of Joe Brandon uh, falling off his bicycle with some, some goofy sounds added to it.
0: Well, that was fun. Now that we've broken things up, it's time for an ad break. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop! You bonk! He is, uh, he's surprisingly, like, he's in shape. Here's I the I gotta thing. give him credit.
1: Like, he, he physically, like, he looks good for a guy who's, like, almost 80 years old.
0: Yes. Um, it is... I wish we had a younger president. I wish we had another president. But, I wish a uh, lot of
1: things were different.
0: But I hope to be as physically active as... A Joe, Bi- Joe Biden, Joe Brandon. I actually Brandon. wish we had
1: a president um, exactly one year older than Joe Biden.
0: <laughs> because but only one specific yeah. person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes, at least he's biking still.
1: Yeah. Uh, he fell. He took a spill on a bike. When you hear that a 79 year old man fell off a bike, it's like, uh oh. Should we make some calls? Yeah. Should we settle our affairs? No, he's fine. So yeah. that, that's Got actually. R-
0: Fell down, got back up. That's again. cool.
1: He's uh, he's got the hookup on. He's got the main line on the the chemicals they take from the the little children. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, completely uh, fine. Yeah. The, uh, what I, I can't think of the word. Although a, you'll a, remember.
0: a a a photoshopped uh, article was going around that uh, it was like it was like the Atlantic or something, and people were peddling it as if they were saying that his fall was heroic. But it, it was it was a faked headline. Oh, so. I mean,
1: you, who can tell these days? <laughs> the fact that I believed it was real that does say something
0: about society, doesn't it? And the libs. (laughs) And we all clapped. I'm surprised Kamala wasn't there to help pick him up. Uh, No one's heard from her in a year. She's been cast to the nether realm.
1: Good. uh, (laughs) I I love that she will never be president. There's just no fucking way. At this point, I completely forgot that she existed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. She smashed that glass ceiling and just kept on going.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She hasn't been seen from since. She's halfway to Pluto by now.
0: Yeah anyway that was
1: fun uh but you know what else is fun uh looking really really good this summer and picking or leaving the dark world of politics and and fighting leaving that all behind to go enjoy some activities outdoors perhaps in some brand new clothes that make you look and feel great Mm -hmm. that's why we're always stoked when stitch fix sponsors our show shopping for clothes can be daunting you never know if things will fit returns are difficult sometimes you don't even know where to start this season let stitch fix do all the hard work It's easy and fun to get started. Uh, First, take a few minutes to set up your Stitch Fix style profile. Uh, Answer a few questions about what you like to wear, what you don't, and how open you are to trying new styles. Then, Stitch Fix's expert stylists will go to work finding items exclusively for you. Every piece is handpicked for you and is unique to your size,
0: style, and in your budget, making it the best way to discover clothes that make you look and feel your best. Stitch Fix will send you five pieces to try on at home. You keep what you love, and you send back what you don't. Shipping returns and exchanges are easy and free plus there's no subscription required. Try once or set up automatic deliveries. There are no hidden fees ever and you can sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest pieces for women, men, and kids. I got a really nice
1: uh, Hawaiian shirt Mm. for the summer in my my most recent fix and and I got these shoes. You can't see them but I I think they look nice. They're white suede so I, I gotta get, you know, maintenance. That's They look beautiful out of the box, yeah. but now the responsibility falls on me.
0: Uh, despite how I look here, thanks to Stitch Fix, I look like a normal adult in real-life scenarios. Yeah. If I get invited to a party or, or out to dinner, why, I look presentable, dare I say. Uh, anyways, you can sign up today at stitchfix.com slash todaydaily and get $20 off your first purchase. That is stitchfix.com slash todaydaily to get $20 off your first purchase this is a limited time offer and you need to purchase within two days of signing up so check them out and thank you for sponsoring the show all right back to the news now
1: with something that'll help draw focus away from our crumbling democracy and simply allow you to access the primate part of your brain to exclaim wow look at that giant fish yeah wow <laughs> it's big That's right, National National Geographic has confirmed what appears to be the largest freshwater fish ever recorded. A 661-pound giant stingray, which was caught by a local fisherman on the Mekong River in Cambodia. Now, before we get into the article, we should let you know that the stingray, it was released back into the water after being officially weighed, so it's presumed to be safe, and potentially still growing, and uh, officially confirmed to be thick as hell. Yes. Uh, Here's National Geographic with more about this amazing discovery.
0: For Zeb Hogan, who's been documenting large freshwater fishes for almost two decades, the discovery of the ray, which was released alive back into the river, filled him with hope. Quote, it proves these underwater leviathans, which are in critical danger, still exist, says Hogan, a fish biologist at the University of Nevada, Reno, and a National Geographic explorer. Hogan's quest for big fish, dubbed the Mega Fishes Project and supported by National Geographic Society, began in 2005 when fishermen in Northern Thailand pulled a 646 pound catfish out of the Mekong River. Hogan, who had spent years in Southeast Asia studying the Mekong giant catfish, as the species was known, concluded it was the largest. That is, the heaviest ever caught in the area. It's
1: got some mass. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article points out that despite years of searching, these giant catfish were probably the biggest freshwater fish uh, still in existence until last week when yeah. his team got the call from research team in Cambodia. The fisherman told a team member he'd accidentally caught a giant freshwater stingray much bigger than any he had previously seen. It was so big, he said, that it might even be a different species. Uh, Thun had been right about her enormous size. More than 13 feet from snout to... T- Jesus. It's huge. 13 feet from snout to tail. After maneuvering the giant fish onto three scales placed next to each other, the researchers were shocked to see her weight. At 661 pounds, she set a new world record for thickness.
0: And she looks great. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Proof that uh, you can be healthy at any...
1: Sorry. Not attractive. (laughs) I can't jack off to this. Nope. Nope. Not attractive and no amount of woke
0: agenda will make me... Changed my mind about that. I do love the uh, the image I have in my head of Jordan Peterson jerking off to a giant stingray. Well? <laughs> Just letting it envelop him. Just like a big blanket. Nope, can't do it. But that's... So, I... Much like the... Not uh, beautiful. The most uh, beloved New Zealand bird contest or whatever that was. <laughs> yeah, like bird of the stingray, air. Stingray, yeah, I guess it's a fish. It is kind of a bird, though. <laughs> it does Got fly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I... It would have been cooler if, uh, you know, catfish looks like a fish in your mind. Yeah, catfish it, it, just it,
1: is a big fish.
0: Yeah, they're ginormous. And But this stingray, yeah, technically it's the heaviest and it's very large, but it's a stingray. It's, it's not what I picture in my head when I think yeah, about fish, but yeah. uh, I'm sure the stingray would be very unhappy to hear me. There's
1: only two real fish, the catfish and the tuna. Everything else is just some weird other thing. Yeah. Those are the only two fish.
0: Anyways, so there the, you go, the, yeah. The, yeah.
1: Monsters exist. In Cambodia. In the rivers of Cambodia. Go on a
0: holiday in Cambodia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's uh, you'll, you'll do what you're told. So last week we had a fake monster yeah. in, in uh, Texas at that zoo lurking around in the trail cam. Uh, and this week we had a real monster, confirmed. Ah, real monster. <laughs> Aren't you excited for that? But now it's time for an update on the current most hated video game of all time. Diablo Immortal. Isn't this like, aren't you playing this game a bunch? Uh, I, I beat the, fi- the the story in it, uh-huh. and I haven't played it since. Okay. Uh, but look, as a game, you should spend $0 on to play from start to finish. Completely fine. Uh, anyways, we recently spoke about the incredibly predatory microtransactions that exist within this mobile game from Activision Blizzard. But also, we made it clear that you shouldn't buy anything from the in-game shop, because you can play it just fine without spending one red cent. Or if you're like Elliot, you could just not play it at all.
1: Not interested. Yeah,
0: I, I am a fan of the Diablo series, so I wanted to try it out. Please stop making fun of me. Anyways, obviously some people want to just throw money at a game like this in order to fast track themselves to the top of the leaderboards, breeze through dungeons, and show off their incredible gear. To who, you might be asking? Well, we're not sure but we are sure that they think they look very cool. Anyways, one streamer from New Zealand decided to test the limits of the in-game monetization by spending thousands upon thousands of dollars in search for an epic five-star gem. And previously, reported, we reported that that streamer, Quinn69, had spent 10,000 New Zealand dollar dues with nothing substantial to show for it.
1: So they learned their lesson, right?
0: The uh, No. <laughs> Yeah, so that all changed this past
1: weekend when Quinn69 finally got the gem that he was looking for after spending a grand total of $25,165.57 New Zealand, which comes out to around $16,000 U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. Uh, What happened next was seen as a a protest from one of the game's only public-facing whales. Uh, Here's more from Video Games Chronicle. After getting the gem, Quinn said, It's over, and immediately uninstalled the game. However, he then realized that he'd forgotten to take a screenshot of the gem, so he installed the game again, before deciding he was going to destroy the gem in protest. Quinn then reloaded the game and used his five-star gem to power up a relatively useless one-star item, deliberately destroying the five-star gem in the process. He then left his clan, saying it was an honor to wail with you, before deleting his hero entirely to ensure he couldn't resume the game again later. Fuck you, fucking Blizzard, he stated, showing a middle finger to his camera before uninstalling the game, for a final time. Uh,
0: What a brave gaming soul.
1: Yeah, you really showed them by spending (laughs) $16,000 on microtransactions. Oh my God. Another thing. The publicity is uh, priceless though. I'll probably, I might cover this on uh, Tech News Day this week, but um, uh, Ted Cruz outed himself as a microtransactions whale.
0: What game was he playing?
1: I don't know if he said which game. He was talking to one of like the, that Michael Knowles character from Ben Shapiro's company, but mm-hmm. he's like, I don't see the problem with microtransactions, you know? Sometimes I don't want to grind for a whole year. I, I want to have good gear right now. So it's, I don't see the problem. Spend like 20, 30, 40 bucks, like, and then I have it. And I feel better as a player because
0: I didn't have to work for it. He he definitely seems like he'd be the type of person to do that. But I, I guarantee you it's yeah. the lamest game you can probably I, make. It up. has to be, yeah. Have you ever spent any money on a mobile game at all, ever? Uh, yeah
1: I uh, back when I played like trials uh oh. frontier trials frontier mm-hmm. I think I dropped like ten dollars on it I-, I played that game like kind of every day for a whole year
0: yeah I remember we were traveling a lot then so I played on like planes and stuff and, and it, was... it was
1: also like yeah I bought I can't remember what I bought but once I did all the ads went away
0: see there so I was good, like oh uh, perfect because yeah. mm-hmm. they were
1: just bombarding me with fucking ads. Um, but yeah, other than that,
0: yeah, my, my, for a mobile game, um, no. My vice was, uh, uh, Fairway Solitaire with that little, uh, it was, it's, it's, uh, like, ta- tri-towers or whatever, Solitaire, mm-hmm. with a bunch of levels or something like that. I got really into that for a while, but, uh, since then, no, not really. Yeah. Anyways, while we're on the, uh the topic of Diablo Immortal, some analytics were recently released which showed just how much money the mobile game has brought in since release. And while the number is large enough to piss off anyone who demanded that everyone protest this pay-to-win game, it's a far cry from the kind of money that nearly any other major release would bring in. In fact, if this were a standard video game release, the money that Diablo Immortal has made would seem as though the game was a complete flop. Here's Engadget with the news. Two weeks after release, Blizzard's Diablo Immortal has earned approximately $24 million for the troubled studio, according to AppMagic. In an estimate it shared with Game Dev Reports, the analytics firm said the free-to-play game was downloaded almost 8.5 million times over the same time frame, with 26% of downloads originating in the U.S. So again, this is a 24
1: million uh, number. It might be shocking to some, but coupled that with the 8.5 million installs, And uh, we have to say, this is literally a flop in every way for not only a game, but any entertainment property in general, especially considering that it is a part of a historically successful, beloved franchise. Hey, hell, if a major movie was released and only brought in $24 million in two weeks, it would be seen as catastrophic. Yeah, almost as bad as Lightyear. All because they had that gay kiss. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry, Junior. (sighs) No light year for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so video games, especially sequels, they can typically bring in uh, hundreds of millions of dollars upon release. Obviously, it would be hard for Immortal to do that immediately, considering it is free to play. But the fact that only 8 million gamers even downloaded a free game, uh, that's that's telling. Yeah. And obviously, these numbers are a bit less than usual because the game has yet to launch in China. Yeah. But it looks like that plan is also currently in jeopardy, and the game has officially been delayed there, literally at the last second. Uh Uh-oh, you didn't hear? They're banning gaming over there.
0: Yeah. Get with the program. Uh, Here's Polygon with more on this. Diablo Immortal, Blizzard's controversial mobile game entry in its famous action RPG series, has had its release in China delayed just days before it was due to launch. The launch had been set for June 23rd, but in a post on June 19th by the game's co-developer and local publisher, NetEase, they said it needed to make further optimizations, including support for more devices and network and performance improvements. We need to
1: put more spyware in this fucking thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, This explanation is very strange because despite being overloaded with microtransactions and frequent notifications bugging you to buy things, the game runs incredibly well on mobile. Um, So I I can't really see this being the issue. Uh, Also, as we're well aware, this game, despite the Diablo skin being put on top of it, has existed for five years. Yeah. So (laughs) I don't know. The Polygon article, it does point this out, but then Blizzard doubled down on the optimization excuse in a statement, leaving many to wonder what exactly is going on. They're banning gaming. We've covered this. Yeah, that's true, and also... They don't want
1: all of their young soldiers uh, getting stunted in their growth by uh, those evil video games.
0: That's why they only develop it and then say, hey, take... Americans take this. Yeah. yeah.
1: They don't want their own kids getting hooked on their own supply. Exactly. I mean, if Americans want to buy this shit, sure. Let them have it. But not here. Yeah. Not
0: in my house. It is also kind of shocking to see that only uh, a quarter of the entire install base is from the U.S. There's just like, people say vote with your wallets and told people to avoid this game. And I know that those numbers, they are big, but in comparison to other gaming numbers, like... Yeah, it's, people are saying no to this
1: 8 million gamers is very small
0: they targeted gamers and they failed
1: uh, yeah. anyway that's our episode uh, if you missed it we did a little we did a, a V rare interview mm-hmm. interview stream on Monday this week we talked to uh, Nick let's go the uh, comedy songwriter who uh, helped us cope our way through the <laughs> pandemic
0: webby award winner too yeah webby
1: way. award winner
0: uh, president of Halloween mm-hmm. um... Yeah, we got a winner. Yes, we did. Uh, uh, an, basically a 90-minute interview with Nick Lutzko as he prepares to go out on his uh, his worldwide tour that includes yeah. Washington, D.C., New York, and Tennessee. Your
1: chance to see a real Webby Award trophy with your own eyes.
0: Yeah, so please, please check out that episode. Uh, and also check out the new episode of Weekly Weird News, which we talk at length about a frog army that has nothing to do with Pepe. Nothing. Um, uh, and then update uh, about Weekly Weird News, because I've seen people, we started promoting the fact that you can listen to all of our episodes in audio format on your favorite mm. uh, podcast app, whatever that may be, Spotify or iTunes or whatever. And people are like, where's Weekly Weird News? It is a separate podcast. We yeah. Everything that isn't Weekly Weird is under internet today. Uh, and then Weekly Weird is its own standalone podcast as Weekly Weird News. So there you go. Now the things that you should watch are up over here. Watch the Nick Lutzko interview, please. Watch the Weekly Weird News. And we'll see you soon for some tech news. And baby, it's NFT week in New York City, and things are really cringy. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Bye.